Welcome to the Estate Season Podcast with Matt and Reese, where we talk about real estate, investing, personal development, and life. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the uh, Estate Season Podcast. We have a special guest on today, Jordan Rossman. Jordan has been in the industry for over seven years. Uh, he was uh, the 17th top producer for all of Century 21 in 2020. He is the founder of the Rossman team, the number one team in Aurelia, with 108 properties sold last year. Is there anything that we uh, should have expanded upon on that? Please no, I think yourself. you... Uh... I think you got it. Yeah, I just uh, just a guy that likes to sell houses. Fair enough. Can we uh, can we actually start with that? What got you into real estate? I kind of stumbled into real estate. Like I I didn't I wasn't one of those people that had like a lifelong dream of being a realtor. Um, I was working in Toronto. Sorry, can you guys hear my phone beeping? No. We're okay. Oh, okay. I can. Anyways, um, <laughs> the uh, I, I started. I was working at a bank in Toronto uh, and totally hated that. I was, I believe, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, you know the confines of a corporate environment were not for me. Um, and so a whole bunch of things kind of came crashing down all at once, and I ended up quitting my job. And uh, I actually ended up calling an old professor of mine who was also a teacher. No, sorry, was also a realtor at uh, at Century Twenty One, thinking that he might know somebody who is hiring, and he's like, "Well, why don't you get your real estate license?" And I'm like, hmm, "Okay, um, I'll try that. I'll get my real estate license." And the rest was history. Okay, so did you like doing the course? Did you know exactly where you were going to become an agent? Did I know when I was going to become an agent? No, where. Oh, where? Um, I mean, I, I was in Barrie at the time. I started selling in Barrie. Um, I was working out of the Bayfield office at Century 21. And uh, that that's kind of where I started. And then, <clears throat> so right after I got my course, I was I was in Barrie. I, was, I had started like a, a networking group in Barrie. I was doing a lot of things in Barrie, but I was living in Aurelia. And that's Aurelia is where I grew up. And so it kind of, at like a year and a half into the business, it hit me like, okay, I should, I should probably transition to where my sphere is, where I live, where I want to be, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what was that transition then from moving from Barrie to Aurelia? Because obviously, yeah. as I said, you, you were the best team in Aurelia. Yeah, I mean, I, the transition was an interesting one. Um, am I allowed to curse on your podcast? Go for it. I took a lot of shit from a lot of local agents when I started selling in Aurelia. Uh, Barry, you know, Barry's kind of like five years ahead of Aurelia on a lot of things. And in real estate, that was the case. Um, So, you know, in Barry and coming from the GTA, like people were uh, doing video marketing, people were starting to to like, I started some online podcasts and shows and that sort of stuff. Um, And when I came up to Aurelia in, I guess, 2016, nobody was doing that. Like Aurelia is an old, was an old boys club. It's like the agents here had been agents for a long time. They had their circle of people that did business with them. Um, and they, they didn't, 
there were some, there were definitely some agents that were not a huge fan of the fact that I came in and started doing videos and, um, you know, a lot of what you see the early stages of what you see us doing today. Um, you know, there were not a lot of other agents in Aurelia doing that. Um, I mean, I wasn't the only one, but I was, I was being as loud and out there as I could. And it was, you know, catching positive attention from a lot of consumers and negative attention from some agents. Uh, so I had to navigate that, um, you know, put a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, but at the same time, I had to learn to, to navigate because you have to do business with these agents. Yeah. It's, you're almost breathing life into the uh, area though. Yeah, it was, it was definitely something new. Um, it was definitely, I think something fresh. It was something that people needed and there was a desire for it. Uh, I mean, we see it today. If you look at the top producing teams and agents in Aurelia and, and really everywhere, like people want the, the great marketing. They want the, the person that's out there doing things in Aurelia specifically, they want the person that's very involved in their community. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was not, it was breathing some life. It was breathing a, you know, some, a breath of fresh air, but I think it was, uh, fulfilling a demand that, that had been there for a while. So I guess that kind of goes into the next question that I wanted to ask of you. Like, how has being a realtor changed from that to what it is now? Um, so I, I came into the business in a really interesting time. Um, it was sort of the start, I believe, of what, you know, give or take a year or two, but it was the start of what I think is sort of the new style of real estate. Um, and I want to preface this by saying uh, a lot of agents younger than me um, tend to like uh, not look as favorably towards the older agents, like they'll call them dinosaur agents and all that sort of stuff. But um, although real estate has changed immensely since I got into the business, the tried and true practices and philosophies that work for me today and the stuff that made me a great agent uh, I learned all of that from older agents that were not doing video marketing and social media and all that sort of stuff. But the how to be a great agent, I learned from a lot of those other agents. So a lot of the tried and true old school real estate stuff still applies. It's about having conversations and whoever has the most conversations with the most people wins. Um, it's just how those conversations are coming to be uh, and how the real estate industry is structured has definitely changed a lot. I mean, when I first started, like in Simcoe County, there was a handful of teams. Um, and now we're seeing more and more, like the team model is sort of uh, taking over in many respects. Um, and that was something that, again, that was already happening in Toronto and big cities in the States, but it's it's been migrating up North ever since. Okay, so who who would you say kind of like, you're saying the the old principles and, and things like that still matter. So who was one person or a couple people who really helped you along at the beginning, especially? Yeah. So three that come to mind uh, off the top of my head and uh, sorry for if people are listening and I forgot someone important, there's been a lot, but uh, like, so first, first and foremost, being at a brokerage, that has a great broker of record um, is huge. So Bernie Roth, has been a, a huge advocate of mine and huge support of mine in my career. Um, and 
could not have done what I've been doing without him at many times. And so um, having a great broker of record is a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, and then, you know, my advice to a lot of new agents is get an office in a busy real estate office because you're going to learn from people. So I had, uh, you know, I developed great relationships with Corby Hannum and mm -hmm. Mike Suedo, who uh, has his own brokerage now. Um, and those two guys were like my first, I would call them like my real estate mentors. Uh, like Corby, even I'm eight years in the business, like Corby's a guy that in the last six months, I've called him to ask him how to handle a situation. Um, the guy is like the professional of all professionals um, and, and taught me a, a ton of what I know. Um, and then Mike Suedo was a, a guy that I'm also a, a true professional, but he was a, he was a guy that encouraged me to like do my thing, you know, learn what you can from everyone else. But like, he was the guy that was pushing me like, dude, you're, you're going to be great on video. You need to be in a lot more videos. You're going to be great on social media. Like do that. And he was a guy that really pushed me to do my thing. Okay. That's actually uh, funny. Corby has an office just down the, the hall from us. And one of my first experiences in the office was I was writing handwritten notes to see if we could get one of our clients a house. And it was 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. And all I hear from him is just him giving some other agent the business over the phone because of just, uh, as he put it, not playing fair in the sandbox like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I can definitely see how he would be a, a fantastic mentor. Yeah. He, he's amazing. I mean, any agent that has an opportunity to pick his brain is going to come out of that office a better agent for sure. So even like with the, uh, the help from mentors like uh, Bernie and Corby, um, what was the hardest steps in growing as an agent for you? Um, I mean, really, now that I look back on it, I think that uh, I was blessed with the gift of patience. Uh, I'm not patient in the short term, like short term things. I'm, I'm really a lot of times impatient, <laughs> yeah. um, but I knew like I was willing to wait five years to be successful. Um, and so, it, but that's hard. That's really hard. And I see a lot of people who struggle with that. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a really big challenge. And then like real estate's a lonely business. You know, when I was acting as a solo agent, like there's no one there cheering you on. There's no one, you know, I have a, a, a wife and a great support network outside, but like I had no like work colleagues that were, were rooting for me um, in the way that I, I do now through a team. Um, so yeah, real estate can be, it can be lonely. Like, you know, not to go keep going back to Corby forever, but like Corby would root for me, but like at the same time, like, I'm watching him crush deals and I'm not yet. And it's like that, that's a, it's tough. Like you want to be there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that those are some of the big challenges I had was like, it's tough to stay patient. Um, and it's, it's tough to stay focused and motivated when it like, it's a lonely business. Fair enough. So kind of leading from that, I know one of the things in getting business is being able to kind of like express the value that you provide. I know you do a really, really good job in Aurelia, um, differentiating yourself from other teams. How do you do that in Aurelia? And then what was the process like building your own style? 
to be able to express uh, that. Yeah. So the way that you uh, express your value or articulate your value, it first and foremost comes from actually understanding your value. So like, what am I here to do? And the big thing in real estate is like, I'm not a marketer. I'm not a salesperson. I am a guide through a difficult process. And when you understand that, and you understand what your true value is, uh, and by the way, you understand your true value when you take the time to understand, uh, it's called tactical empathy. You want to take the time to understand what your clients and consumers actually want from a realtor. So yes, they like our beautiful videos and our great pictures and the fact that we you know, can sell your house quickly and yada, yada, yada. The reality is they're saying, I'm living here. I want to start living there and I don't know how to get there. And I need someone to guide me through the process. I need someone to take me from here and put me here in the best way possible. So it starts with understanding that. Then you understand how can I be great at that? And then how can I articulate that greatness in that process? So the way that we articulate our value, a couple of things. So um, from a, a consumer perspective, like when we're doing social media marketing, advertising, emails, all that sort of stuff. Um, we are taking what we think is going to be valuable information and we're giving it out to people for free as often as we can. And we want it to be as Im impactful as possible. If you see our pages not post an informational style video for two weeks, it's not because we're slacking. It's because we haven't found something that we think is actually valuable enough to post. Like we shoot a ton of videos and we come up with a ton of ideas that we never post because we take a look at them and we're like, that's not super helpful. Um, and so that's how we appeal to the masses is like it, we want to just give as much as we can give, 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 give. Um, and then once we're one-on-one -on -one with a client, once they've reached out to us, once we're in their house, articulating value at that point is really walking them through the process, showing them that you are the expert that they thought you were when they saw you on Instagram and walking them through the process, coming up with a strategy and the biggest mistake in expressing value that agents make is, and it's so easy. It's not a knock on agents, but it, I just, it, it is so easy to default to this is that agents tend to default to what's best for them. Like we want listings, right? Everyone wants listings, yeah. but, and that's why when you go on social media, when you go anywhere and you look at, look at the next 10 real estate ads that you see are all going to be about listing, sell your house, free home evaluation. Now's the best time to sell, blah, 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 blah. That's an agent pushing their agenda. You know, in a current market like this, they're struggling on like, where am I going to move? So expressing value is showing them that you know them. We know what you're going through. We know what you're thinking. We know what your fears are. We know this because we've taken the time to have a conversation with a bunch of people about this. We've done some critical thinking about it. So yes, although we'd love your listing, we understand that your concern is buying. So let's talk about that first. I think and, it would really resonate with people too, right? Like you said, especially in this market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the uh, the one of the most powerful feelings in sales, 
uh, as a consumer is when you find somebody that you've had this struggle, you don't even know that you've put a, put words on it yet, but you ha- you're having doubt, you're having, f- there's fear, there's something and you see all these salespeople and you hear all these things and none of them click. And then you hear someone that's like, oh, they just put my fear and my hesitation to move forward in, they just expressed exactly how I'm feeling. They get yeah. me, they understand uh, where we're at. And that's a huge competitive advantage that we have. Uh, you won't find any of our ads that talk about home evaluations or uh, now's the best time to sell or sold for a billion dollars over asking or any of the, you'll never see any of our ads that are focused on that because we don't think that that's what consumers are nervous about. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, that's, that's true. Cause if you sell your house, where are you going to go? That's the fear. Yeah. I don't think there's many people sitting in barrier Aurelia right now saying, Ooh, I hope my house sells, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, of course your house is going to sell. So when all was that sitting there. Um, that was something I learned probably two years, two or three years into the business. I heard a great line from another who's turned into a great mentor of mine, uh, Jimmy Mackin, uh, who's the CEO of Curator. And he said to me, he's like, sellers are running around the internet dressed up as buyers. So that's where you need to catch them. Because think about it. You own a house in Barrie. You want to move to another house in Barrie. What are you doing at night? You put the kids to bed, you had dinner, you're sitting on the couch. What are you doing? You're scrolling on your phone, looking at new listings. You're looking at how you're looking at where you want to move to, not going on, you know, some agent's free home evaluation page to be like, Ooh, I wonder what my house is worth. Like you can figure that out. Um, It's pretty easy to figure that out. You can ask an agent and they'll tell you right away. That's not the hard part. The hard part is where you're going to move. That's the part they're looking at. That's the thing where they look at a house and, you know, two days later, it's gone. Um, that's the stressful part for them. So kind of in regards to that, then, uh, you express the value perfect. You, you explain you're going to help them find the house, but then what are your steps to actually go through that in providing the value? Yeah. So that's, well, that's a huge, huge part of it. So it's one thing to understand what they're looking for. It's another thing to uh, be creative or to be able to deliver on those promises. Um, And so when it comes to, you know, it's again, the listing is easy. So it's easy to deliver on great pictures, great video, great marketing. That's the easy part, like hire a great photographer spend some time learning how to post social media ads. And there you go. Mm-hmm. The hard part is finding them a place to go. So there's a couple of things. I mean, in Aurelia, we've been fortunate enough with our team that we have a, a great network of people that we've been able to build up. So um, in a market like this, we're playing a lot of matchmaker, like, oh, I've got this listing coming up. And Josh will say, oh, I've got this buyer that's looking for that. And we just put the two together and it never even goes on MLS. Um, and so there's, there's that strategy, the most reliable strategy for agents when it comes to expressing that value is communicating and setting expectations properly. So when I say communicating, I mean, uh, using the right language. So, uh, I had a great call with a new lead today 
she, she said, Hey, my concerns are, I want to buy a house, but we keep seeing all these houses that are going into a bidding war. We don't want to be in a bidding war, bidding war, bidding war, bidding war. Oh, so and then I respond, Oh, I understand. It's difficult when you're in multiple offers. It can be challenging when you're in multiple offers. We don't call it bidding wars. Who the hell wants to buy a house in a war? Like it's not a, it's not a, it's not a word that inspires anybody to do anything. Changing um, a negative to a positive almost. Yeah. So there's certain terms and language that we use uh, to replace that negative, like bidding war does just doesn't sound like something anybody would ever want to participate <laughs> no, not in. not at all. Multiple offers is just, yeah, there's more than one person. When you see a house that you like, there's chance, there's a good chance that there's another person that also likes that house. Um, and multiple offers is about doing all of our homework up front so that we can put your best offer forward. And then I will advocate to get that offer accepted. And we need to set the right expectation. You want to buy a house under $700,000. So instead of looking at houses online that are 650 or 700, we should really be looking at listings that are like 599. Those are the ones that right now are selling closer to seven. And so let's get you set up on a search where you're looking at properties that even if you do end up in multiple offers, you can still get it within your budget. Mm -hmm. So just the way that you communicate to buyers, uh, giving them hope. Um, you know, I said to this lead this morning, you know, it is, it is tough out there. It is a competitive market, but I want to let you know that in the last few months, we've helped a lot of people buy a house in this area under $700,000. So it is absolutely doable. You just need a plan and you need a strategy. You need the right person on your side. And so that's a lot of times that's expressing the value is, is just how you communicate with them. That's awesome. Uh, obviously with the last couple of years, there's been a lot of changes in the world going on, right? Um, yep. Did the pandemic change the way that you do business or your value added propositions to clients? Uh no, I don't think so. Uh, I think that, of course, there's the, you know, we didn't used to wear masks in houses yeah. and now we wear masks. Uh, outside of that, I don't think so. I think that um, if anything, COVID has just put a, it's been like an accelerant on trend and things that were trending anyways. Uh, people want a great experience. People want a professional to deal with. Mm -hmm. People want someone who knows their shit. People, what this has done is, you know, Century 21 today released all their awards. I don't know, but it looks like, you know, the, the, top, the group of top producers in the brokerage did really well last year. But I think the list of Centurions and above is smaller than last year. So I think to the industry it's pushed a lot more business towards the, the people doing it right. Um, and it's really, there's a lot of agents that nothing wrong with what they're doing, but it's just not the current relevant type of uh, offering that a realtor should be offering right now. They're, they've been moving down in the ranks. The people who are crushing it and doing a great job are, are moving up. Um, it's sort of realigned the industry um, and, and yeah, it, it's forced people. Here's the thing that every real estate agent needs to know. Real estate commission is damn expensive. 
if I'm, if I'm selling my million dollar house and I'm going to pay, you know, $50,000 in commission, you better provide me with a phenomenal experience or I'm never using you again and not recommending you because 50 grand is a lot of money. Um, and so that it's, it, you know, uh, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's changed how we do business. I think that that was true before COVID. Um, it's just, it's, it's made everything more extreme. People really want an enjoyable experience now. That's actually an excellent answer. It, uh, it, it is a definitely reality check for probably a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I listen, some of the things I say about how agents should operate, uh, you know, not everybody loves it, but like, I just think, I think it's true. And I think that there's a ton of phenomenal agents out there. Um, but if you're going to charge someone 50 grand and you can't spring for a professional photographer, something's wrong. You no know, more iPhone photos. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just not, it's not okay anymore. Like it's, it's, it used to be that you could get away with it. Yeah. Um, but it's, no, I it's agree not. with that. I mean, scrolling through listings, the first thing that like pops up are pictures. Yeah. And I mean, you can really tell when it's taken from a cell phone. Yeah. And it's just like, so when, when we experience any hot sellers market, uh, it, it gives sometimes agents feel like they can get away with not doing it because you see those houses that you're talking about where the pictures suck and they still sell for some crazy number. But my advice to every agent is like this seller's market will cool down. I'm mm -hmm. not saying the market's going to crash or whatever, but like it will not always be like it is today. And people remember the people who do great marketing I had a client, a listing presentation last week. We're going to go live with their listing this coming week. I did the whole presentation and she's like, I just want to ask, like, is all this a hundred percent necessary? Like our house is going to sell in two minutes. And I was like, it honestly, it may not be necessary, but uh, I have a brand that people associate with excellent marketing and I will not put something up and put my name on it unless it's 10 out of 10. So Sure, it may cost me more. I could probably get away with spending a lot less money on this, but um, I'm not going to. I mean, it's every listing we have is an investment in the future. And it's that one person that's, that sees it and they're like, oh, Rossman team does sick videos. And two years from now, they want to sell their house. They're going to remember the people who did a good job. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you, uh, let's shift to the team aspect. Because obviously yeah. we've, we've gone through expressing value for consumers, mm -hmm. but when building a team, um, how did you express value to other agents, to the people that work with you to, to actually build the team that you have? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've, we've talked about this offline, but basically it's, uh, do you want to see it on our rocket ship? Um, and we're, we're going places and we're, we're focused, but we're also extraordinarily uh, open up front about what to expect on the team. Um, and we, we're disciplined in how we grow and we don't wanna to grow too fast. Um, and so how we express value to the agents on the team is like, 
we're we're not set up yet. There's only a handful of teams out there that I know of that really have a steady enough flow of incoming calls to just provide endless opportunity for every agent. But what we'll do here is we'll inspire you and we'll teach you how to grow your own business and grow your own network. And we'll take a lot of the stressful, difficult parts of the process off your plate. Um, when you come to sell with the Rossum team, you are a salesperson and all you have to do is sell. And that's it. And we'll help you with everything else um, and just go sell. And so that that's kind of, um, you know, I, I think that the, the culture that we've built on our team is something that attracts people. I think it's something that, uh, you know, I'm in incredibly proud um, of this is a tr this team is a family, you know, I see a lot of teams out there that when they post a picture of the team or they get an award or they're whatever, it's like the team leader or team leaders are in the picture. Like you see a team of our, you see a picture of our team. It's the team. Like Andrea are at our front desk is as important to the team as Josh, who sells a million houses as Brooke, who does our marketing as Spencer, who just joined the team and just got his license. Like everybody is the team. And we have a, uh, our, the culture of our team is very much like a family. So um, people feel that when they come into our office, I think. Absolutely. That's a fantastic answer. Um, I can, I can definitely attest to that. You guys all love the bills. We <laughs> and do. I don't we do. Know we all have good football taste. We'll, we'll keep going. I, I, I hear that you didn't answer Matt about it's a fantastic weekend to be a same for a <laughs> Honestly, I just, I, I've had to ghost a lot of people's messages this, this past week. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't blame you. Um, yeah. One kind of final question that I know have, I know I have, I can't English apparently. Um, what was the hardest part in learning to express your value, right? Like obviously as a new agent, it's hard to be like, listen, this is what I can provide for you. But was there like a key moment that just like clicked so that you felt that you were comfortable in expressing that and articulating that to not only clients, but other agents around you? Yeah, I think that uh, when I understood, when I came to the understanding that empathy was the most powerful sales tool of all time, uh, everything changed. Um, and what I mean by that is when I was able to make that shift away from what I wanted to what they want, everything changed when I made that major mindset change. Um, you know, I've told people that like, that were, were wanting to buy something like I've got a client right now, they're we just wrote an offer. They didn't get it, but it was the highest priced offer I've ever written. Um, our, our business would love to get the commission check associated with the purchase that these people are going to make. I'd love to have that tomorrow afternoon. I think the best thing that they could possibly do is wait for a couple of months and start looking again in April because of a number of different reasons. Telling them to wait is not easy. I don't want them to wait. I think they should wait. And so I have to separate that in my mind. What I mm -hmm. want is completely irrelevant. What they want is everything. 
So they have hired me to be the expert and to be the guide in the process. If I let my uh, desire and my, uh, my goals and my this and my that get in into that equation, it will be the reason that they don't come back. Uh, I may, I'm, you know, I'm a good enough salesman. I could probably push them to go buy something in the next little while. I don't think it'd be the right thing for them. Um, but they could probably do that and I'll get the check and that'll be nice. And, uh, and then I'll never hear from them again because it wouldn't be the right move for them. Um, and so the biggest aha moment was when I realized that empathy was everything. Being able to take me out of the equation and think solely about them and really ask myself, I don't always get it right, but ask myself what they care about. That's a, that's a fantastic answer. That, that, that was it for me, um, is that was, that was my, that was the big shift. Um, you know, and it's tough. Sometimes you want that paycheck. Sometimes you need that paycheck. Um, and, and pushing off your interest for the sake of theirs is not something that's easy to do. Absolutely agree. Do you have any other questions? No, I don't think so. All right, we'll end it at this. Uh, well, two things. Okay. What is your hottest take about real estate that you think you would be like a, a super unpopular opinion? An unpopular opinion? Yeah. Um, that over the next 10 years, uh, if you look at the macro of the next 10 years, today is the cheapest the real estate market will ever be. So you think uh, it's not going to be like a 30, 40% over year climb like we've seen, but a significant climb still. You might see a dip. You might see a this or that or whatever. But if you are that, if you're walking around any real estate office right now, you're going to overhear somebody talking about a crazy sale. Holy shit. I can't believe someone paid $950,000 for this. A semi across the street from the listing I'm about to put up. I thought it was going to sell for eight fifty. It just sold for nine fifty, and I'm like, "Who's paying nine fifty for a semi in Barry right now?" Uh, and people are like, "Oh, that guy's an idiot. That guy's going to make money over the next ten years on that place." Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I so, think uh, you were the one that told us it's to be a winner in real estate. All you have to do is just not move. Time in the market is better than timing the market. Yes, we actually have a, a reel going up next monday about that there you go don't worry you quote it from the man himself yeah guys tag me we're going to (laughs) Uh, we will uh we'll give you all of the kudos no no um question for you though this is uh we asked this last night as well if money wasn't uh an issue at all what would your dream car be what would my dream car be um some form of Aston Martin. Yes. I knew I liked you, Jordan. Yeah. It's just, it's the most classy, badass car I know. Yeah, it is. Matt wants yeah. one that... Uh, I want that DB5. Yeah, and it's it's going to be like black on black on black on black. Like, no, 
I'm not the like orange Lambo guy. I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you. Plain, dark, and classy. Yeah. It's me. Thank you so much for your time, Jordan. I appreciate it. No problem, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you.